the SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar. Listen to Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. What is up? What is up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to this edition of the Jays Weekend Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 55, and this is the beginning because this is the week. It's the big week. This is WrestleMania week, <laughs> and it's a very, very, very exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. It's always a fun time. Um, there's a ton of wrestling going on this week. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost unbelievable what WrestleMania week turns into in terms of the lineup. Now, real quick, the gist of this episode, and this is going to be another short one, kind of, it's not going to be long because I am also recording my WrestleMania preview show later this week. It is Monday. It is April 5th, 2020. One, <laughs> I almost uh, I almost flubbed there. Almost just left it on twenty twenty. <laughs> but yes, it is April fifth, twenty twenty one. I am your host. Let, let's do this the right way. <laughs> I am your host. I am Jay. Back at you, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. And um, like I said, this is gonna be a cool week. And it, it, if in actuality, two weeks, because if you count this full calendar week all the way until next Friday is going to be just a ton of wrestling. Let just, just to go down the lineup tonight, Monday night raw, which is the go home show for the raw brand for WrestleMania. Um, tomorrow night is the, the they're airing on Peacock because the WWE app, the WWE Network app is officially gone in the U.S. Um, that is, of course, for all you hackers out there. If you uh, <laughs> if you hop on a VPN and just change your coordinates, you will still be able to use the WWE Network as usual. Um, but for those of you obviously just jumping on the Peacock whoa <laughs> jumping on the peacock they will be airing the the uh the hall of fame induction ceremony that was pre-taped um they're obviously doing the 2020 class and the 2021 class um because the 2020 class last year got canceled because of covid um so they'll be airing that tomorrow night then wednesday is night one of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Um, then Thursday is night two 
of NXT TakeOver. Then Friday, you have SmackDown, the SmackDown house show. I mean, you got house show. The SmackDown go-home show for WrestleMania for that brand. Then it's, it's the days, man. You, you got WrestleMania night one, Saturday. WrestleMania night two, Sunday. Then the new pretty much season, so to speak, of, of, of WWE begins again. You got Monday Night Raw, NXT moves to Tuesday nights that week. Then you got then then obviously it's the other promotions, your AWs, um, your NWAs are back, MLW, Impact, Ring of Honor. There's wrestling all over the place every single day. Then Wednesday, obviously, after uh NXT on Tuesday, you have AEW. Then honestly, Thursdays, I don't know what's on Thursdays <laughs> now that, uh, uh but, um, I, I, there's probably something going on on Thursday wrestling related. If not, that'll be our first day off in almost two weeks. Um, then obviously you end next week off with, with SmackDown. Um, and you also have your new Japan, you know, the new Japan po- uh, show that they have, um, the weekly show. Um, so there's wrestling every day of the week for the next two weeks and it's awesome it's amazing i'm excited i'm excited as a hardcore fan you can't help but be excited um so for the gist of this episode i'm gonna be getting into mainly only two things um because the hall of fame is tomorrow night so i'll be getting into the hall of fame i'll give my um give my uh opinions on all the inductees um, and then after that, I'm going to go into my predictions for NXT TakeOver for both nights. That's the gist of this paper of this uh, podcast. Then later this week, I will be doing my WrestleMania pre-show. Um, I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing with that show, who I'm doing it with, but I am going to have some guests on to, I, I always, I have to, it's the mania show. It's the big show. Oh, you know, usually when I say something like that, I usually say no pun intended. However, <laughs> I think I still can because technically Paul White is in AEW, but WWE probably still owns the intellectual property of the big show. <laughs> so when if Paul White ever does appear in a WWE ring, which he will, because he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame one day, along with Jericho, and we'll get into Jericho in a second. Um, and, and a lot of these other guys who are in AEW that are Hall of Famers, um, you will get their names back like Big Show and and et cetera, et cetera. So no pun intended, Big Show. <laughs> but yeah, with that being said, once again, let's get into the Hall of Fame. Let's just jump right into it. Um, obviously I think last year before I knew, um, the hall of fame ceremony was going to be canceled last year. I think I did do a preview of the 2020 hall of fame class. However, a year has passed and one thing has changed in terms of that hall of fame class. Um, Dave Batista was the headliner for the 2020 hall of fame. He has taken himself out of the 2020 class just for the mere fact that he cannot attend he couldn't attend the hall of fame ceremony this year because of other um obligations in terms of his bookings maybe uh recording more for guardians of the galaxy um 
but he he had other obligations for this particular year this particular time um obviously no one's expected covid 19 to happen so he was all in for the hall of fame last year but couldn't do it so opted out of the 2020 hall of fame class so as it stands these are inductees for the 2020 slash 2021 hall of fame class of the wwe you have the nwo which as a group consists of hollywood hulk hogan scott hall kevin nash and sean waltman as a six pack um it's an interesting selection having sean waltman in there when you think of the nwo you don't automatically think of six um obviously he was the sixth member of the nwo but we'll get we'll look huge fan of sean waltman and we'll get into the actual inductees in a minute um the nwo you have the bella twins <laughs> nikki and brie but we'll get into them uh um jushin thunder liger jbl Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. Um, you have the celebrity inductees. We have two of them, one for each class. For 2020, we have William Shatner, who's a huge, huge WWE fan, huge wrestling fan, um, and has done skits here and there. Um, and you also have Ozzy Osbourne. Um, the Warrior Award. I have an opinion on this Warrior Award for this year. Uh, they gave it to Titus O'Neil. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> um, then for the 2021 20, class that was built into it, we have Molly Holly, Eric Bischoff, Kane, the great Kali. Yeah. And for me, my personal headlining Hall of Famer, as you heard the soundtrack in the beginning of the show, Rob Van Dam. So happy and excited for that dude um but let's get right down to the inductees and me get i'll give my opinions on each um the nwo obviously they try to induct a faction into the hall of fame each year um i mean obviously a deserving group now the nwo had a million members <laughs> throughout its run but if you think of the nwo you automatically think hogan hall and nash automatically um that's why they even when they rehashed the nwo in 2002 in wwe they brought the three original hall nash and hogan um when they did that in uh run in and sting and triple h's match at wrestlemania a few years back you had dx helping triple h and you had hogan hall and nash helping sting which even then i thought was kind of out of place but they just did a whole you know attitude era wcw versus wwe thing it wasn't even you know because sting was the main antagonist to the no main protagonist to go against the antagonist nwo and hollywood hogan so that was weird but still sean waltman back to sean waltman x-pac do i think sean waltman's in a, a hall of famer absolutely 100%. I think he could go in on his own. He went in with DX. And I was like, all right. 
that was their way of getting him and and China in there, you know, to kind of get the what do you call that? Uh, ah, the word is escaping me, but to get the the craziness out the way. Uh, this is the only way to get China in there without people talking. You know what I mean? Like in a in a negative light. Sean Waltman, I feel body of work i think he's a hall of fame talent i think he deserves especially with other guys that you have in there you know i don't think they have the ability that sean waltman has i don't think they had the charisma that sean waltman has sean waltman is a hall of famer in my book um but when you think of nwo i don't think of six right off the bat you got to just put the original three guys um which this would make Hogan a two-time Hall of Famer. This would make Nash a two-time Hall of Famer. Hall a two-time Hall of Famer. And Sean Waltman a two-time Hall of Famer. Now, everyone in that group but Waltman has gone in on their own. I mean, I'm not going to totally poo-poo it. Eric Bischoff is going into the Hall of Fame on his own on the same night that the NWO was going in on the Hall of Fame. I would have thought Eric Bischoff would have been the guy to go in with Hall, Nash, and Hogan. Or even Big Show. I mean, but obviously he's gone. Yeah, like I mentioned a little bit, you're not going to put an active AEW guy. Even though they put the Four Horsemen and, and Ric Flair in there, and Ric Flair was an active and uh, impact talent at the time, and they actually had to have permission to put Ric Flair in the freaking Hall of Fame for a second time. Um... But yeah, I, I, I'm just nitpicking, to be honest with you. I have no problem with Sean Waltman going in with, with Hall, Nash, and Hogan. I just felt as the NWO, if you're going to put uh, that particular crew in the Hall of Fame, it should just be Hall, Nash, and Hogan. But once again, I'm not, I'm not to totally poo-pooing on, on Sean Waltman. However, the next inductees, two lovely Lovely young women. Twins. The Bella twins. We all know why Bree and Nikki are going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Is it because they're, they're deserving? Are they Hall of Fame talent? Are they Hall of Famers in terms of their body of work in the wrestling ring? No. Not in my opinion. I don't know about anybody else. They brought a lot of eyes to the WWE product, they brought a lot of women's eyes to the WWE product with that Total Divas show. And they were obviously the stars of that Total Divas show in the beginning, which is why they got their own spinoff show. Nikki's problems with John Cena was front and center on TV every week. Brie and Daniel Bryan's, you know, issues were, were on screen every week. Their issues with the other divas and all this other stuff. They brought a lot of eyes to the WWE product. They were very popular. I cannot take that away from them. Those Bella Twins are very popular. They're over in terms of, you know, whether you like them or you whether you love them or you hate them. You know, there are times where they feuded with each other. There were times where they 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 teamed up with each other. Um, when when Nikki helped Stephanie McMahon defeat Brie Bella at SummerSlam. That was pretty crazy. That, that was a that was a memorable moment. Um, 
But do I have a lot of fond moments of them in the ring? Not really. I mean, I feel Nikki Bella is the better of the two. I think Brie Bella is very dangerous in the ring. She's hurt some girls in the ring. She kicked Liv Morgan right in the face one time. (laughs) And she's done a bunch of dives out of the ring. And she's hurt some people. Um, Once again, nothing against them. God bless them. Uh, But... Right now, in 2021, to have those girls in the Hall of Fame, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You got Mickey James sitting out there. Hell, if you're going to put an active competitor in there, I would put Natalia in the Hall of Fame before them. You know, you got Victoria out there who just came back in the Royal Rumble this year. There's still plenty of women that you could have put in that Hall of Fame well before the Bella Twins well before but they're going in (laughs) they're in already because they already filmed it so they're in already but um you know like i said i got nothing against those girls it's just this is as a fan growing up comparing them to a bunch of other women who could have gone in before them yeah it doesn't seem right but it is what it is the bella twins are going in jushin thunder liger probably my favorite Japanese wrestler growing up, possibly of all time. Yeah, I became a huge fan as I got older of guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, Hiroshi Tanahashi, a lot of the Shibata and a lot of these guys. But I have always been a fan of Jushin Thunder Liger. And I had the privilege of meeting him at a Ring of Honor show, took a picture with him. You know, cool dude. You know, short as hell. I didn't realize how short he was until <laughs> until I stood next to the guy. Uh, this pic, the, the picture's on my social media if you check it out. Uh, I am much taller than Jushin Thunder Liger, and I'm not that big of a guy. <laughs> but he's an absolute legend who just retired last year, January of 2020. Um, an absolute legend. He's He's done it all. He's done it all. Multi-time and IWGP junior heavyweight champion. He wrestled in WCW. He wrestled in NXT against Tyler Breeze at, at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Like, it, this guy has been everywhere. And it's a shame that he's never actually competed in WWE, but at least he competed under the WWE umbrella. Um, a lot of American fans may know him as a WCW guy because he did a lot of WCW matches. But, um, but yeah, Jushin Liger, like I said, one of my favorites, if not my favorite Japanese pro wrestler. And uh, it's, it, it's amazing, you know, that he's being honored and put in the Hall of Fame. That's an absolute legend, uh, uh, at least in my mind, and I'm sure in the minds of a lot of people. Um, when, they, when, uh, when they had that G1 Supercard show, I believe in Madison Square Garden. And they had that uh, Honor Rumble that the uh, Ring of Honor usually puts on. And it was a mix of Ring of Honor guys and New Japan guys. And with Liger and Great Muda were like one of the last two. Were, were like the two of the last three guys. It was just the crowd just ate that shit up, man. <laughs> Muda's another one that uh that probably should be going in by next year, hopefully. Because Great Muda's another one who's just a freaking legend, man. In, 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 in pro wrestling, former NWA or WCW world champion, former, you know, 
I think, former television champion. He held all the major titles in Japan. And another one who never competed for WWE, and that would have just been great if he did at one point. But who knows what WWE would have did with a great Muda, to be honest with you. Um, JBL. Much deserved. Much deserved. He's already a one-time Hall of Famer. I believe he went in with Ron Simmons uh, as the APA. Um, either that or he inducted Ron Simmons as one of the two. I think he inducted Ron Simmons. I'm not sure if the AP uh, did the APA get inducted. I forget off the top of my dome. I forget. But JBL is a guy who reinvented himself because the APA is a Hall of Fame tag team. Then when the APA got split up, you know, uh, Bradshaw was floundering a little bit, you know, um, Farouk became Ron Simmons again on the SmackDown brand when they got when they had the draft split, um, the draft lottery the first time I believe it was like 2002 or 2003. Um, he became Ron Simmons on SmackDown. And that's when the whole damn thing started. And then uh, you know Bradshaw was floundering. He was doing hardcore matches, you know, in the hardcore division and all that stuff. Then all of a sudden he reinvented himself and he became the guy that he was. Outside of WWE, which is a financial, a finance guy who became a self-made millionaire and he became that guy. He became John Bradshaw Layfield. And in the beginning, it was like, what the hell is this? It was like, <laughs> this ain't Bradshaw. This isn't the beer drinking bar fighter, you know, that we're used to. Nah, this is a, a self-made millionaire New Yorker, you know, who thinks he's better than everybody else. And it's. You know, still kicking everybody's ass. Clothesline from hell. He had a great feud with Eddie Guerrero where he won the WWE Championship. And uh, and they had some bloody wars, some good fights. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and JBL, you know, he obviously he was a little he was well known as a bully behind the scenes. But from my understanding, from watching shoot interviews and from what I hear, he's he's calmed down at his, at his older age and made amends with a lot of people. And is very well liked um, by by the wrestling community and, and all that stuff. He became an announcer, became a play by play guy. He's done it all in the WWE and he is well deserved of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, another one who's an absolute legend in uh in the world of professional wrestling. Um obviously him and the Dynamite Kid, amazing tag team. The British Bulldogs are a Hall of Fame tag team as well. Um great matches in America, in Japan, all over the world. Um obviously uh he was Bret Hart's brother-in-law, so Stu Hart's son-in-law. He was married to Diana Hart. Um you know, the ha Harry Smith's father uh, Davy Boy Smith, obviously, he had that match with Bret Hart at SummerSlam '92 in front of eighty thousand people in uh, Wembley Stadium, and they had an amazing match, amazing match, and you know, fell on some bad times. They he, they made him drop the belt to Shawn Michaels almost right away, and then he ended up going off to WCW. He had a few matches with Vader that were very impressive, very good. They put him in the main event spot. Um, Went back and forth. He actually was in the original Eastern Championship Wrestling for a little while. He was in the original ECW before coming back to WWE. And then eventually, 
forming the New Heart Foundation with Brett and Owen and Brian Pillman and Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Um, and then after the Montreal screw job, went back to WCW and that's where he was. And then he came back to the WWE afterwards. <laughs> I'll tell you, Davy Boy Smith went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then when he came back to the WWE in 99 or 2000, he changed his look. He changed his gimmick. He was uh, just in a hardcore, in the hardcore division, wearing these, you know, high water jeans. And <laughs> it was a totally different look than the British Bulldog we were used to. But um, Davey Boy was a powerful man. He was an agile big man. And um, I feel like when he had the braids back in like 92, 91, I feel like he was unstoppable back then. And for some reason, those braids, he was had like Samson strength or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, another member of that Hart family that uh, is no longer with us. And um, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, you know, he died, I believe, around 2003, 2004, around that time. I want to say if I'm off, then forgive me. But, um, yeah. Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, definitely deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. And I can't wait to see, you know, the speeches. I love the speeches. I love the stories. The, the Hall of Fame is one of my favorite parts of WrestleMania week. Um, you know, just to hear the I wonder if, you know, how, how they did it. Like if it was like Thunderdome style or if they actually had people. I'm pretty sure they had people there, like the people who work um in the arena and and maybe like the staff and all that stuff because we need that genuine reaction which is why i'm excited for mania this year i'm actually going i'm gonna be there and uh you know they're allowing a certain amount of fans at raymond james stadium so you're gonna get a mix of like genuine cheers and genuine uh, uh crowd noise mixed in with some piping noise i'm sure they're gonna throw that in there because it's wwe what, what do you expect <laughs> but um yeah for the hall of fame i'm i'm really you know uh interested to see how they pull that off in terms of uh crowd participation or lack thereof um because i just i just love that the, the genuine emotion and and with the stories and and you know just just everything that comes with it you know um then you have your your celebrity inductees, like I mentioned, William Shatner and Ozzy Osbourne. Um, Ozzy Osbourne uh, actually uh, was a p big part of WrestleMania. I want to say WrestleMania three, is it? Or WrestleMania two? I don't know. It was one of those where Jake the Snake Roberts went against the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental Title. I want to say it's WrestleMania three, and uh, he came out with him with the Snake, and no, that was Alice Cooper. What? When did Ozzy Osbourne? Uh, yeah, that was Alice Cooper. Um, Ozzy was around. <laughs> he was around back then. He did some stuff um, during that whole era of rock and wrestling, you know, connection with MTV and, and, and WWF at the time. Um, he did some things, but, um, you know, I know he's a big wrestling fan. I know he's been around and he, he you know, he's just a big fan. And he's done some stuff with WWE. It just it escapes me at this point. Um, William Shatner, like I said, he's done a, done some things too. Like he was, he did an angle with Jerry Lawler one time, and you know, the celebrity wing. It is what it is. It's nothing to. And here's the thing: I'm gonna record another 
horror show this week as well. And I'm going to be talking about uh, Kong versus Godzilla with my dad. And uh, before everybody says that's not horror, that's fine. Because like I've said before, science fiction and horror kind of go hand in hand. So that's what we're discussing in that show. Um, But one thing I I said about the movie. (laughs) You can't have your expectations so high and think that a movie about monsters is going to be Emmy worthy in terms of storyline or acting or anything like that. So when it comes to these celebrities and I mean, some, some actually do a great job, like a la Pat McAfee or even Shaquille O'Neal. I thought Shaquille O'Neal did a great job in AEW, but in terms of celebrities like this year, we're going to have the Miz versus bad bunny. Now, supposedly bad bunny has been training for a few months in the performance center. Let's see how he does. But, you can't really expect much when it comes to celebrities. Like, look at Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. He didn't do nothing in the the 2001 Royal Rumble. <coughs> he lasted all of a few seconds. Kane came out, and he climbed right out of the ring. And he's in the Hall of Fame. So we can't really look at the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame and really look at it with, you know, merit and think, oh, you know, Oh, none of those guys are deserving to be in this Hall of Fame, in this Wrestling Hall of Fame. It's a joke. It's a it's a gag. You know, some of those guys actually did compelling stuff in the WWE, like Mike Tyson and, and other celebrities. Pete Rose was very integral in, you know, in doing things in several WrestleManias. Um, but, yeah, I mean, got, yeah, the celebrity wing, it is what it is. Um, so you're going to have Shatner and, and Ozzy Osbourne. Then this is where I have some interesting opinions. The Warrior Award going to Titus O'Neil. I have nothing against Titus O'Neil. I think Titus O'Neil is a role model. I think Titus O'Neil has done a lot of good. I'm not saying Titus O'Neil is not worthy of this award not at all i'm not saying that however my opinion and maybe it'll happen down the road and maybe it'll happen as soon as next year i think that warrior award this year should have went to the family of shad gaspard um shad gaspard who passed away at a very, very young age, I want to say he was my age, around 34, 35 years old, saving his son from drowning, saved his son, and then drowned himself after saving his son. What's more of a definition of a warrior than that? Your son gets taken away by a current in the in the ocean, you swim your ass off to go save him. You get him to you save him. And you you give the ultimate sacrifice and you lose your life. I mean, this is the same Shad Gaspard that maybe a year or two earlier was in a bar with MVP crying, weeping because Kofi Kingston won the WWE championship at WrestleMania. This is a guy who, yeah, 
him and him and JTG as Crime Time. Yeah, it was a silly gimmick. You know, it was it was a goofy, you know, uh, in living color kind of, you know, goof gimmick. Then they tried to they WWE does what they always do and they break them up and they put them as singles, you know, and it didn't work out. And Shad ended up getting released. And he really floundered on the end of the scene, didn't really do much of anything in terms of anything of note. But Shad Gaspard should have gotten this Warrior Award this year. Um, like I said, Titus O'Neil is definitely worthy of it. Definitely worthy for the stuff that that man does for WWE in terms of all the programs he's involved in. You know, he does it all. But I just think for this year, it should have went to Shad. Not to, like I said, not to say that it was that it's not going to go to him down the road, because I think it will. But and like I said, I'm not like I said with the Bellas, I'm not totally poo pooing on Titus O'Neil. I like Titus. He's an entertaining guy. Not much of a worker in terms of great work, a big power guy who's entertaining, just never really accomplished anything in ring most of his accomplishments has been out of the ring which is totally fine which there's no there's no shame in that great guy heard nothing but good about him (laughs) there was that one time where uh (laughs) where i think he got suspended for grabbing vince mcmahon for (laughs) Uh, I think he grabbed Vince to let like Stephanie walk ahead of Vince and Vince got pissed off at him and suspended him for a couple. (laughs) Um, But besides that, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, the guy's done a lot of good for the company. He's much he's very well deserving of it. I just for some reason, it just hit me when I saw it. When I saw Warrior Award recipient, like in my head, I just saw Shad's name. And it wasn't him, you know. So I just felt bad. It, it's like I said, it's nothing against Titus O'Neil, but uh, I just felt Shad Gaspard's family should have got that award this year. <clears throat> I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I mean, whatever. But this is my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, Molly Holly, she, she that's good. That's a good pick to start off the 2021 uh, uh, Hall of Fame class. I mean, Molly Holly was a part of that crew of of crop of girls who can work, who wasn't really your, uh, like, sexy type diva who's going to strip on the camera and, and show it off and all that stuff. She was a wholesome little thing, and, and she could get down in the ring. <laughs> Former multi-time women's champion. Um, defended the title at WrestleMania against Victoria in a... In a in a title versus hair match where she ended up losing and she had to get her head shaved. I mean, you could go to, you could trace her back all the way to WCW when she was a part of uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's crew and she was Miss Madness 99. And then um, she was a part of that crew with Medusa and, and, and Gorgeous George Frankenstein. Yes, that is her name. Um, <laughs> she was Randy Savage's girlfriend at the time. Um, and then when that, Crew disbanded. She became Mona, 
And then Mona came to WWE as Molly Holly, as uh, the cousin of Crash and Hardcore. <clears throat> she became Spike Dudley's girlfriend for a little bit, feuded with Steve Austin for a cup of coffee, and then uh, then she left Spike Dudley and joined up with the Hurricane and became Mighty Molly, a little superhero sidekick. <laughs> and then after that, the whole, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? The invasion angle ended and all that stuff, and she came back, revamped her character, and became a wholesome, wholesome little thing who can get down in the ring, pretty much. Um, so that lasted a few years, and then Molly Holly kind of fell off the map. Like she kind of retired, and you know, I think got, you know got a family and all this other stuff, and then she reappeared for the Women's Royal Rumble back in I want to say 2018. So you know, still in great shape, still could go. <clears throat> but um yeah i say definitely deserving of of a hall of fame spot molly holly was a very good very good wor worker in the ring um had some good uh you know feuds with trish stratus and victoria and you know had some good matches with gail kim and mickey james and all that crew <clears throat> much deserved um eric bischoff i mean come on yeah <laughs> Hell yeah, Eric Bischoff deserves to be in there. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, my mic seems to be a little rough at the moment. Hold on a second. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Eric Bischoff obviously um, was the man in WCW during those 80, what is it, 83 weeks that WCW beat WWE in the ratings. Eric Bischoff was the main contributor to that he was the man that was wheeling and dealing ted turner's money <laughs> to sign anybody he could to kick vince mcmahon's ass <laughs> in the wwf <clears throat> um and uh he was a part of the nwo he was an on-screen character as well as the executive producer of wcw the head boss um and uh, Eric Bischoff, I, uh, he started out working for the AWA in Vern Gagne. He, he was doing commentary for them later on in, in, in the game for AWA. Uh, did a bunch of stuff. And he even auditioned to join up with the WWF after, he, after the AWA folded. And uh, according to him, he had a horrible interview <laughs> and a horrible audition. So he ended up not getting the job there, and he ended up getting the job in WCW as a color commentator and a you know a host. And then he ended up owning the place after a while, <laughs> being the man. Um, and then after the whole WCW ship went down, shockingly out of nowhere, he gets hired by WWE. 2002 becomes the Raw general manager, um, gets in an instant feud with the general manager of SmackDown, which was Stephanie McMahon, and that was very entertaining. And he had that general manager gig on and off for about two or three years, and then he left for a long time. Ended up in TNA for a little bit, went back and forth, you know, did some stuff with WWE when his TNA run was over. He was most recently on AEW television. Um, yeah, but the man is he, Eric Bischoff is a legend in this industry and is much deserved of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I wonder who's going to induct Eric Bischoff. I would think Diamond Dallas Page probably because they're really good friends. Um and the NWO guys are getting inducted. So, uh, you know, I would think Diamond Dallas Page would induct uh, Eric Bischoff. Um, but we'll see. We'll see tomorrow night who, who's inducting who. I, I didn't look up who's inducting them. I just looked up the inductees. Um, but, you know, 
We'll see. Kane, very well deserved as well. Obviously, Kane is a legendary figure, a legendary character. Um, and I'm sure Glenn Jacobs is is just thanking his lucky stars that the Kane character fell on his lap because he had some goofy, doofy gimmicks <laughs> before he ended up landing the Kane character. Isaac Yankum DDS, the fake Diesel. Um, <laughs> me and Izzy, me and my boy Izzy joke about it all the time, but uh, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, he was Unibom. As well as the Christmas creature, he was the, he debuted as the Christmas creature. He was a big ass Christmas tree, Christmas tree monster. <laughs> but Glenn Jacobs is a guy who always could work, athletic for his size, six foot nine, six foot ten inch frame, three hundred something pounds. He was always a big beast of a guy. Um, but the King character is the bread and butter. In terms of his uh, body of work, the Kane character who became Undertaker's little brother, who was burned and left for dead in the graveyard with his parents. Um, later on, finding out Paul Bearer is actually his father and all this other crazy crap. So he has supernatural abilities. He can have fire come out of the ring and all this other stuff. He was almost unbeatable zombie like just like Taker was when Kane first came out. But. Then you parlay that into the Brothers of Destruction tag team and all the tag teams Kane's been a part of. Kane has been tag team champions with some random dudes. <laughs> Not only The Undertaker, but he was tag team champions with Sean Waltman, X-Pac. He was tag team with The Hurricane. He was a tag team with The Big Show. He was tag team with Rob Van Dam, a uh, uh, fellow Hall of Famer in this class. He was tag teaming with a lot of dudes. <laughs> you had Corporate Kane. <laughs> you had the Devil's Favorite Demon. You had all different car uh different variations of the Kane gimmick. Um but Kane is a Hall of Famer for sure. No doubt about it. And now he's the mayor of my sister-in-law's county of uh Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that meeting greet. Um next time I go to Tennessee, I'm going to have to hit up the sis and be like, yo, I'm ready to meet the big red machine. <laughs> I'm ready to, ready to meet the big red mayor. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kane, much deserved. Two more, and then we get into NXT, and then we call it a night. <clears throat> because like I said, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that's going down with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and all that stuff because that's going to be a part of my Mania show. Um, so I had a few things I was going to talk about with that tonight, but I'm going to push that to the side and I'm going to save that for the mania show. Um, great Kali. Hmm. That's a stretch to be honest with you. <sighs> great Kali, former world champion, entertaining guy, but no, no, you're trying to reach, they're reaching for that Indian market. I understand it. I get it. He's a big deal where he's from. He really is. I think he's a cop. I think he's a celebrity. He, the great Kali is a big deal. He's an attraction um, in India. He is a big deal. No doubt about it. But in terms of America, he, 
the great Kali is not a Hall of Famer. He's not. He's one of the last guys. That's like putting Giant Gonzalez in the Hall of Fame. It's the same thing. They both can't wrestle worth the shit. The great Kali could barely move in his prime, let alone. I'm going to just hold the main poo-pooing on the great Kali. He's in. There's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> but the great Kali is not a Hall of Famer. He's he's just not. Um, I mean, did he bring that many Indian fans to the to WWE? Did he bring that many? I'm not sure. I'm sure he brought some eyes. You know, the first time I saw him was in Adam Sandler's movie, uh, uh, the, the Longest Yard. That's the first time I saw the great Kali. I didn't think he was an actual wrestler, but yeah, it is what it is. And for me, my own personal headliner, I know probably the NWO or, or whatever would headline or, you know, the biggest name. My headliner is Rob Van Dam. I'm so happy. I'm so hyped. I'm interested to see if he's going to be high during his induction speech. <laughs> well, it's like he said in ECW, RVD 420 means I just smoked your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really happy for Rob. Um, you know, at his age, he still he was just recently in t- in Impact for a, for a long for a little while. Um, he, he kind of had a midlife crisis there. I mean, you know, him and his 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 wife unfortunately ended up getting divorced. But now he he's with he's with uh, Katie Forbes. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then I think he had another girlfriend, uh, or she had a girlfriend. Along he let's just say Rob at his age is living his best life, man. <laughs> Only like RVD could live. <laughs> but in terms of in-ring body of work, hell yeah, Hall of Famer, for sure. In terms of, let's look at it this way. All of the most successful ECW originals that have come into the WWE and have actually done stuff. Let's look at it. Let's look at the names who have been through ECW and has been super successful. Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Steve Austin wasn't an ECW original. He was. He went right in and went right out pretty much. Mick Foley. He was there for a little while. Was he there for a long time? No, but he was there for a little while until he ended up in WWE. Former WWE champion, WWE Hall of Famer. Eddie Guerrero. He kind of just landed in ECW for a little while, stood there for a few months, then went to WCW, and then from WCW went to WWE and became what he was, the legend he is known now as today. I know it's the big elephant in every wrestling room that there is. Chris Benoit. He'll never be a WWE Hall of Famer, but you can't take away what the man did in the pro wrestling world, man. Went from Japan and all that other stuff, ECW to WCW to WWE, and had a legendary career until those horrible acts that went down. And uh, he will forever be erased from history. Um, who else? In terms of ECW originals who went 
to WWE and became something big, who, who they actually used with respect, similar to how they've used AJ Styles. Rob Van Dam, when he went from, he was the man in ECW when all the others left. Taz, the Dudleys, Shane Douglas, Raven, when a lot, Sandman, when a lot of those guys left to WCW and to WWE, those were a lot of big heavy hits that ECW took in terms of their talent roster. But who was the man when they all left? Mike Awesome, a whole bunch of them left. Who kept ECW going? Rob Van Dam. They used to chant those initials, RVD, from the opening of a show to the end of the show. During people's matches, everybody wanted to see RVD. Two years, almost two years to the day, ECW television champion. He made the ECW television title worth more and seen as more than the ECW heavyweight title. The dude was great. Going into WWE, did anybody expect WWE to treat Rob Van Dam with any respect or to push him at all? No, I didn't really expect it. But he was so over with the crowd, with the fans. They forced WWE's hand. He was the most popular member of that alliance that they had. That WCW-ECW alliance. Rob Van Dam. You had Steve Austin and right under him was Rob Van Dam. That was most popular. And who would have ever thought? Because it, it took four or five years being in the company. And an ECW resurgence. To give Rob Van Dam the WWE title. He beat John Cena. He pinned John Cena. Yeah, it was under some weird circumstances. And it was in an ECW. It was in, on an ECW pay-per-view. One of the better pay-per-views WWE did in years at that point. ECW One Night Stand. Rob Van Dam is a legit legend. He's a Hall of Famer. And I wonder who's going to induct him. I wonder who inducted him. You know, his amazing matches with Sabu over the years, with Jerry Lynn, Jeff Hardy, the match with Cena, uh, countless matches that that man has had. The things he could do as a heavyweight. He's like a heavy cruiserweight. <laughs> the flexibility, the flips, the kicks, the martial arts moves, all that other stuff. He's just great. Rob Van Dam is one of my favorites of all time. And... He's well-deserved. It's well-deserved. And I'm so happy for the guy. I can't wait to see his speech. Um, so those are your Hall of Fame inductees uh, and what I feel about them. <laughs> and now to to end it off. Um, well, before we talk about NXT TakeOver, and, and that's going to be fast because I'm going to just literally just give my predictions on who I think is going to win, who I think is going to lose, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Chris Jericho is going to be on Steve Austin's podcast. He did Steve Austin's show, and it's going to air on Peacock the night after WrestleMania night two. Now, this baffled me. This made me really think, like, wait a minute. This is really going to happen? Like, Vince allowed this? And then uh, Steve Austin posted a... Uh, I guess an explanation of, 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 of saying Vince allowed it. 
He's like, listen, I want Jericho on the show. Is that cool? And Vince said, yeah, go for it. And Steve was like, listen, just in case you didn't understand what I said, (laughs) I'm going to have Chris Jericho on the show. Is that okay? And Vince said, thumbs up. Do it. What? (laughs) So let me get this straight. You're going to have AEW's first ever heavyweight champion. The leader of the first crew, the first faction of AEW. The face, pretty much one of the faces of AEW. One of the cornerstones of your competition. And you're actually going to stream his interview with Steve Austin on your Peacock channel. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Wow. That's all I got to say. Wow. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect him to go for it. I didn't expect Tony Khan to go for it. Could this open the door? A lot of people are asking, could this open the door? They've asked Cody Rhodes in the past. They've asked Triple H in the past. What's the possibility of you working with other companies like co-promotion? They said, hey, we'd be down for it. This is probably the opening. This is probably the genesis of it. Exciting stuff. I can't wait to hear the interview. <laughs> um, so, yeah, NXT, take over, stand and deliver. This is the card. It's in no particular order. This is how I saw it online, and this is how I'm just going to read it through. I'm going to just go through the matches, say who I think is going to win, who I think is going to lose, and then... That's it. We'll call it a night for this episode. Um, El Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez are main eventing night one. NXT Women's Championship. I know Raquel Gonzalez is on a big run right now. She's on a roll. But I can't pick her. Even though my gut is telling me, you know, a title change is going to happen. But I can't. Uh, in my own conscience i can't go against io shirai in this match i think it'll be one of those things where raquel gonzalez puts on a good show a good showing a good fight she'll dominate but io shirai will survive raquel gonzalez um walter defending the uk title against tomaso tomaso champa Honestly, I think they just did this to give Tommaso Ciampa a high-profile match. I don't see Tommaso Ciampa winning the UK championship. So I'm going to have to pick Walter as much as I... And believe me, I love Tommaso Ciampa. But I I don't see Tommaso Ciampa being a regular on NXT UK. So for that reason only, I'm picking Walter. Um, You have... The NXT Tag Team titles, which are vacated at the moment. And you're going to have a triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team titles with Legado de Fantasma going up against the Grizzled Young Veterans and MSK, who were once known as the Rascals. Um, This is an interesting one because these are three teams that I wouldn't have thought were in the tag team title picture. Um, MSK is still pretty new in the company. Grizzled Young Veterans are fresh off their run in NXT UK. And then you have Legado de Fantasma. Uh, I'm going to go with the Legado de Fantasma crew 
because their leader has a title. And to make that crew look strong, I think the whole crew needs to be dripped in gold. So I'm going to go with Legado de Fantasma. Um, and maybe they 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 have a feud with MSK, you know, down, you know, feuding over the tag titles. Um, but that's that's my opinion. I'll go with the Legado de Fantasma. Um, you have a number one contender ship for the uh, North American title. You have Bronson Reed versus Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Eli Drake. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel they shat in L.A. Knight's mouth with his first match losing to Bronson Reed. Nothing against Bronson Reed. He's a big bruiser who can jump, who can fly. He's I like him. But damn it, man, you don't bring in Eli Drake and in his first match make him lose. <laughs> what 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 is that? I I don't understand that. But to go this is for the right to challenge Johnny Gargano on the next night for the North American title. I don't see put them putting a heel against the heel. So I'm going to go with Dexter Loomis. I say Dexter Loomis gets the win here. Unless they pull something and make Leon Ruff challenge Johnny Gargano again, which I don't want to see. But um, it'll be funny, but I want to see that. I'm going to pick Dexter Loomis. Um, let him get that Let him get that run. Um, so that's night one. Night two, Finn Balor defending against Karrion Cross NXT title. This is tough. This is tough. I'm picking Karrion Cross to get that title back. I am picking Karrion Cross. It's a tough one. I say I pick Karrion Cross to win it convincingly to the point where Balor, the next time he faces him, has to let out his inner demon one more time. The first time in a long time. And maybe the demon against Karrion Cross will be down the road for the NXT title. But I see Karrion Cross winning the title he never officially lost. Um, then you have an unsanctioned street fight. Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. If this match is anything like I know these guys can, a match that these guys can put together, it will be the show stealer for the whole week i know that's big because there's going to be a ton of wrestling but if those guys put on a fight that i know they can put on that i've seen before that i i can trace back 10 years ago (laughs) we're gonna be in for match of the year candidate already with those two prediction Prediction, I say Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly survives the fight. I usually never, ever pick against Adam Cole. I usually never do. But for some reason, I'm feeling like this is going to be Kyle O'Reilly's WrestleMania moment. It's going to be a good one. 
And I'm already, I, 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 I can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. Johnny Gargano is going to defend the NXT North American title against an opponent to be determined, obviously from the gauntlet match from the night before, which I feel will be Dexter Loomis, but can't really give a prediction because I don't know who the opponent's going to be. So we'll we'll talk about that match down the road, like in the <clears throat> like on the review for review week. You got the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defending against The Way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I'm picking Shotzi and Ember. They they literally just got those belts. So <laughs> I, I can't really have them, you know, lose it so quickly uh, to Candice and, and Indy. I, I like The Way, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano, his wife, Indy Hartwell, and... and uh, Austin Theory, I like that little crew that they got, but um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna have to go with Shotzi and Ember on that one, and then the match that'll probably open the the night to ladder match NXT Cruiserweight Championship. We have two champions. It is very similar to Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon from WrestleMania 10. Two Intercontinental Champions going at it. For the right to one person to have both to unify. This is the same exact thing. Ladder match, Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin. NXT Cruiserweight title. I'm going with Santos Escobar. Because Jordan Devlin is going to probably remain on NXT UK. And uh, Santos Escobar is going to just keep raising his stock. In terms of his superstardom. Because... Unfortunately, with Andrade gone, we need another we need another Spanish superstar. And I think we have one here in Santos Escobar, 100%. Um, obviously, we have Angel Garza. They do nothing with him. So hopefully, Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma, maybe if they add one more member, it could be Angel Garza. That would be pretty cool. But uh, we'll see what happens down the road if anything like that goes down. But, yeah, I'm picking Escobar over Devlin, which I'm sure will be a great match as well. So, as usual, NXT raises the bar. And we'll see if WrestleMania could live up to the hype that NXT creates for it. <laughs> so, with that being said, those are my predictions for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 1 and 2. Talked about Jericho on Austin's podcast. Went into detail about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and that is about it for today. This has been episode 55 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Episode 56 later this week will be the WrestleMania preview show. Um, Which in that one, we will obviously talk about WrestleMania. Talk about all the matches get into some history of WrestleMania, talking about our favorite moments, myself and whoever I have on the show. Um, I will probably record that episode Thursday or Friday. And on Friday, I will be recording my fourth episode of Nightmares on J Street, where myself and my pops back at it, talking Kong versus Godzilla. We're going to get into it. <laughs> it's going to be cool. Um, so that I'm be doing a lot of shows this week. <laughs> this was my first on the list taken down. It's a good one. I'm excited. I'm excited about this week. I hope everybody else enjoys WrestleMania week. 
This was episode 55. Once again, catch me, SD Podcast Channel, SDblog.com, my website, johnnypodcaster.com. Check out all the shows. Um, enjoy all the shows. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you for WrestleMania, for the WrestleMania preview show, episode 56, coming at you. Thank you for listening. Catch y'all then. could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends.